This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Andrew Bryan, Deputy Editor of NRL.com. I'm joined in the studio this week by Chris Kennedy and Don Brock. Boys, it's round five. How are your teams going? Pleasure to be back, mate. Um, yeah, teams are going okay, I think. I've had a few misfires with dud cows, but otherwise it's sort of not too bad. I think I think okay is how everyone feels like yeah. they're going at the moment, unless you've got every gun that's gone off, but most of us have missed a few of them, so... Yeah, not too bad, but could, could improve. Yeah, my Hess regret is growing yep. by the week. <laughs> I think there's only 100 points separating about 5,000 teams in fantasy, so it's not doom and gloom. If, you, if you're looking at the overall rankings and looking where you are, there's only like one good performance away from jumping thousands of places. Yeah, it's a real scramble. A lot of players are sort of up and down as well, so a guy who was you know winning your games last week is costing you games this week and, and vice versa. So it's uh, taking a while for everyone to sort of settle into their, their routines. Yeah, and it's still really early in the season. There's... Mm. 20-something rounds to go, so early days. The latest in league. All right, let's get into the big team news, which is where we start every week on the podcast. James Seguiaro comes off the bench again. So what, what are we thinking there with James? How, how did he go? Obviously, he lost money this week, which we sort yeah. of predicted. So wait and see still with Seguiaro? Yeah, I was at this game. I was covering it for work, and um, he came on, I think, with about 20 minutes to go, um, gave away a penalty pretty much with his first play and then was solid from that point on. Like he got into dummy half, no problems and, you know, crisp service and a couple of runs didn't really do much that was eye-catching. It'd probably be better for the run. Um, if I had to make a prediction for this week, I dare say it'd probably come on um, a little bit earlier. Apparently the two plans were either get him on just before half time and play, you know, 25 minutes, then get him off for Braley to close out the game or get Braley through. 55, 60 minutes and just use the one interchange, which is what they ended up doing. Um, I dare say the plan will be similar and he'll probably play maybe five more minutes, maybe maximum 10 more minutes. So we're, we're getting to a point where Braley's minutes and scores are going to start trending down. He's, his 35 did include a try uh, against Paris, so he's starting to look at potentially creeping down towards low 30s. Yeah. Braley's break even still pretty low. Yeah. I think single digits, so he'll keep making money while that's the case. Um, it's really just a wait and see. We're guessing Seguero is going to take the starting spot at some point. I don't, I don't know. know. I honestly don't think he will for a while. I yeah. think they're just going to use him as an impact guy. Yep. Like I, I assume they've paid a bit of coin for him. Um, it's fair value and all that. So I don't know if you want to pay that much for someone who's only going to play 20 minutes. But, but there's um, no rush either. The Sharks are going fine. Exactly. With the and he could be an impact player and just work his way back into yeah. match fitness. He was their well. big target in the preseason to replace... Ennis, but they may have been pleasantly surprised with yeah. Braley and happy to keep things going as is. I think a big part of it was just the fact that Braley's still very young and as the season wears on and he starts to yep. get tired of making, you know, 30-plus tackles a week as a, a fairly small young player, you're going to need someone else to take the pressure off. So I think in the short term, while he's flying, there's no reason he can't keep playing 50-plus minutes, but it's probably partly insurance policy as well. It's just having another good player on the roster. All right, the big but not surprising news coming out of North Queensland, Caelan Ponga goes back to Holden Cup because Lachlan Cootie's back. We saw this coming, but for fans who jumped on, he's made 40 or 50 grand, but now his time in first grade looks limited, despite some big scores. Yeah, he played well. Um, it was the risk you're always taking if you picked picked up Ponga a couple of weeks ago that he was going to get replaced when Lachlan Coote came back. Um, it looks like he's only a replacement for Coote. He's going to play fullback this year, probably not wing. They've got uh, Gillan Mosby, who's been preferred this week. Um, David Bowen as well earlier in the season when there was a spot in the wing. Um, so, yeah, so if you've got Ponga, I mean, you've done well if you had him in your starting squad. If you traded him in, it's not looking great unless there's another injury for Coote later on. He might get an extra game or two over Origin 
Mm. I'm not sure, but it's yeah. Yeah. If you didn't get in, then you've probably you know dodged a a little trap there. I think. Basically, what's happened is exactly what pretty much everyone thought would happen: yep. is that he's come in for two games and scored well, and then gone out again when Coots back. Paul Green showed his hand um, earlier on when he brought David Bowen in as the the first choice backup yep. winger for Winterstein. Um, the thing I think people are forgetting a little bit with Ponga when they're getting outraged about him not being in the team is he's not a winger. He's yeah. a fullback. Um, he's super talented, but they have yeah. genuine wingers. Giller Mosby is an out-and-out winger. Yeah. David Bowen is a centre or a winger. Um, Giller Mosby, a freakish try scorer on the wing and a, and a speed machine. David Bowen, a much bigger body yep. um, than Ponga, who is a, a ball-playing fullback. So it's yeah. he's clearly the next choice fullback, but there's other guys who are actual wingers who are also going to be at the club And with him year. going to Newcastle next year, yeah. there's no real incentive to just give him more game time for the sake of it. Yeah, exactly. Talking about freakish try scorers and game time, Cohen House, our favourite player who we talked about last week, scored a massive 80, 420 grand, but he's back on the bench. His minutes are going to get less, but... The way he's playing, I don't know that it's... He might not be pumping out 80s, but the way he's playing, everyone's in love with him. They're talking about origin already. He's only played 15 games. People are forgetting that he is a rookie. But... You are in love with Cohen Hess, aren't you? I am. I did stats on him yesterday, and he has the quickest play the ball on average in the NRL. Doesn't... That has no implications in fantasy, but just shows Another reason to love him. It's another reason to love the Hess Express. Yeah. Again, like Ponga... It's, it's kind of a predictable thing. People are shocked again that he's back to the bench with Tamalolo back this week. But he was a bench player in round one. Um, Paul Green tends to pick a round one team and stick with it for the season, certainly for the last few years. Since, certainly since nice they won the that luxury vote. because he's had a team to do it. Sure, exactly. But um, it's been working for him generally. So Hess is a, you know impact man off the bench. That, that's going to work for him as well. He'll still probably play... I don't know. So he played 35 minutes in round yeah, one. That's the thing. So that's the risk if, the, if you've got him, that his points, if he doesn't score tries, his points will go. But their forwards have also changed since that round one. So with Matt Scott out, well, that's, he's yeah. not a prop, but... That's, that's it though, really. Like Matt Scott's out and you're sort of leaning a little bit more on your Pat Kafusis and Scott Boltons. But in terms of the back row um, edge runner rotation, I think it's yes, basically the round one stuff. strategy is back to being in play with um, with Cohen Hess. And I think people might be, like if you've got him, and I, I wish I did have him because he's made more money than any other player so far yep. and you've done really well out of it. But I, I really think moving forward, we could be back to, you know, 35-ish minutes maybe 40 minutes yeah so he's got he's got a low break even again this week he'll yeah. make a lot of money but i think he's still probably not a buy for that reason oh, i think you've definitely missed the boat if yeah. you didn't have him already like if you started with him or traded him in after round one then you're absolutely flying but it's i think it's way too late to buy him now certainly not to sell yet but not a buy anymore all right matt frawley comes in for the bulldogs but what do we think here? he's probably only going to be in there for a week at the half mm. back spot he's 138,000, but he could be a, a big trap for fans looking for some cheap yeah very short term option you'd, you'd think yeah what if, what if they win and frawley kills it though i mean Moses <laughs> and Bye's not really like he's a great player but hasn't really been flying as a as a as number a seven yeah. so far des is pretty loyal though i don't think he'll it's a big ju- jump yeah. on that yeah. bandwagon straight away frawley need to play the house down i don't think it'll happen yeah but it's just a bit of a what if. All right, the guy we talked about last week as well, we seem to talk about him every week. Elliot Whitehead suspended this week, put in a 40, which isn't terrible in the back row. A lot of people jumped on him this week. Yeah, not a disaster if you bought him last week, but kind of close. Uh, really, really unfortunate if you got him last week with, with 40 points. Mm. And so many people 
brought him in and traded out Curtis Siren, exactly. which is just so the Siren and outscored him by eighteen. I think. Siren and scored fifty nine or something. Yeah. Scored a try and looked real. His best game. Yeah, it's on Anora.com this week saying it's his best game in Maroon and White. So. Yeah, and whereas Whitehead's price dropped a little more and he misses this round. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't got him, then probably wait another week or two even. Mm. Um, well, I think his break-even is achievable now. It's about 47 when he comes. Obviously, he won't play this weekend against sure. Thiels, but for the following week, his break-even is achievable. So it could be a trade-in for a, you know, a Kenny Bromwich or a, any of those sort of you know, mid-range forwards yep. who are either peaked or um, not making any more money. But yeah, ultimate fantasy face palm. I know there are a lot of people that, that got rid of Cyrano. On paper, it's a really good move. Cyrano got 19 yep. the week before and his break-even had gone up and you think he's pretty much done, but that's the way it works. All right, Bryce Cartwright still out with that foot, but we'll get to his replacement in a second. Kieran Foran named again, must be in some doubt with that hamstring after pulling out right on the eve of kickoff. And Ryan James got off his shoulder charge, so he'll be right to play this week. Yeah, Ryan James I thought was probably the right call. It looked from the footage I've seen a little bit front on with a bit of um, wrapping sort of motion. But um, either way, probably the the potential silver lining that's now disappeared for fantasy coaches is those of us who own Jared Wallace might have been hoping for a bit more um, output from him in Ryan James's absence. But certainly if you own Ryan James, it's a, it's a huge relief um, that he got off. Yeah, and as we said last week, the foreign news isn't necessarily massive for the Warriors. If if it does play, we'll have to wait and see how that affects Sean Johnson's scores and the rest of the team. But yeah, yeah. I guess the last team news is Chris Gresmiel comes onto the bench and he's back as well. Yeah, again, it might potentially impact on Wallace a little bit. I anticipate Gresmiel being a bit more in the back row rotation and Wallace in the the front row rotation. But he's also lost um, Ignatius Parsi, who's a, a middle forward playing in. 13, which might also mean that Griswold plays um, a bit more of a role than we might have anticipated in his first game. Yeah, I don't know how many minutes he'll play early on. There was a story on NRL.com yesterday about him lacking a bit of match fitness at the moment, so yeah. it could just be bit by bit in the next few weeks. It's Yeah, it's not just the, the time since his last game, it's also that he spent a lot of that time not in an NRL club system yep. at all, just sort of working. I assume he was keeping fit, but he wouldn't have been doing the same kind of intense uh, pre-season training that everyone else has done, so it should probably take him a little bit longer than you'd expect to um, to get back to full match fitness. Ash cow. All right, it's early in the season and we're still all looking out for cash cows and everyone's asking us who to trade in, where are we going to make money, who's the next big thing. We, t- we mentioned the Panthers just before. Corey Harira-Naira, Harawira-Naira, sorry. That's, <laughs> That's a good first attempt. It is a bit of a tongue twister. You did Harawira spend all morning Naira. practicing it. Though, I did. So. 100, 138,000. Also rang the Panthers to get the pronunciation right, and I still <laughs> stuffed it up. 138,000. He's a bit of a weird one because he wasn't added in the game in time. He was a late inclusion for the Panthers. 138,000 with a break-even of about minus 23. What are, what are we thinking here? He could be pretty popular this week. And he's starting again this week at the, well, at the moment in the official team list. Yeah. So, I mean, the, we've had this example emerge once already this year with Tyrone Roberts-Davis, who backed up a, a good first-round score um, whilst not in the system with a, a quite a poor round two score, which didn't get him the, the price rise that many anticipated. Um, Corey obviously starting again for a second week. Those of us who saw the game, a lot of attacking stats scored a try in a big romp over Newcastle. It'll be a very different style of game uh, this weekend. But you'd have to anticipate another 50-ish 
minutes, I guess, in the starting side, assuming um, Fisher-Harris doesn't come into the 17 off the bench. Um, so just purely based stats alone, you'd have to think another 30, mid-30s to, to mid-40 score, which you're looking at a, an instant, maybe I think it's 50 grand um, price rise in fantasy coach if he gets his predicted score, which is 36, which sounds realistic. But what if he disappears a week later when Cartwright comes back? Yeah. If, if, he, if Cartwright comes back then and... Well, sure. I mean, the question is, has he done enough to then be in front of guys like Sidalecki Akawola? He's probably a different style of player, Akawola being that, that battering ram off the bench. Um, if he if he plays 50-odd minutes this week and goes up, say, 50 grand and then goes back to the bench next week with Cartwright back um, and plays 30, 40 minutes, you're probably looking at another 30 still grand enough, yeah. price rise. If you're, if you're selling a... Um, you know, a Sui Matangi, a, a Kenny Bromwich, a Frank Winterstein, one of these sort of guys who you're going to be selling anyway, um, you've, you're probably going to have to trade Corey out later, but you're only really burning one trade more than you would otherwise, yep. clearing up short-term cash, and you're making what's worst case, maybe an 80K cash grab over the next fortnight. Could potentially, if he gets a few weeks, maybe 120, 150 grand. Is there a chance Fisher-Harris comes in back to the starting team this week and he drops out altogether? You'd think surely that's long odds with the injury that Fisher Harris had. I don't know. Peter Hiku came back after. If you're going to make it, out with okay, boys. If you're going to make this trade, though, you're going to make it this week, right? There's no point waiting next week oh, or the yeah. week after because it, it's, it's, now, it's or now, now or now, never. Absolutely now or never. Yeah. yeah. The big advantage is that he's he's minimum price, so it's at the very least a maximum cash out for one of you. Mm. If you've got a Kemi Bromwich or someone who's peaked, you at least make the maximum value of that trade, and mm. then possible bonus of more cash later on. And the other thing there, I'm just trying really hard to talk myself into this trade at the moment because I just want want to make it. (laughs) Um, And I do have to sell Sui Matangi at some point, is you're trading in a guy who's coming in with a very low break even. Let's assume he plays this week, right? And then let's say he loses his spot the week after that. Uh, Cardi and Fisher-Harris both back. He's still, A, we know he's a good, you know, a good player and a good worker. B, he's also surely next cab off the rank for future injuries anywhere in the back row. So say in six weeks' time, Isaiah Yo hurts sure. himself and misses two weeks or whatever. He's, he's the guy that comes back in. So at some point, you're going to scrape together more cash out of him. And the games that he's not in the Panthers 17, he's not presenting an auto-emergency risk, and then he's probably going to make some more cash down the track. Um, yep. He's probably replacing a guy who you don't want in your fantasy starting 17 anyway, like a like I said, a Sui Matangi type player. So... I don't yeah. know. Have I talked myself into it yet? <laughs> yeah, so I think I think he's not a must-buy, but there's lots of good reasons why. Certainly not a must-buy, yeah. yeah. If you've got other problems in your team, fix those first. But yeah. he could be a good option, and he'll be pretty popular as well. And he, But he could potentially fix some of those problems, like your, your peaked or, or sluggish cash cows. All right, Jamal Idris causes a lot of headaches. Mm. Nearly everyone bought him in at the start of the year at 151. Too good to be true. Uh, he starts this week for the Tigers. Huzzah, at yeah, last. He's back. Does anyone still actually have him? They're <laughs> 17s or they're 25s? I still do. I've been waiting for this. Um, yeah, so who, who knows how he'll go this week. He hasn't looked you know, back to his best in the few minutes he's played so far this season. He's had a foot injury. Was that what was keeping him out? Mm. Um, so it's a wait and see. We don't even know if he's going to play the full 80 this week. We've still got uh, came on the bench who's been starting uh, earlier in this season. So, But you know, good news if you've got him. He, he'll surely make money. You would think he's so cheap. He's capable capable of breaking tackles. It's pretty easy. Mm. Um, you know, best case scenario, he's some, he gets back to his best and averages forty points a week. But you know, any any price rises 
is a good thing at this stage. Yeah, I mean, when he was coming off the bench and playing 40, 50 minutes, he was still scoring enough points that he wasn't losing money from yep. what was not uh, much above base price anyway. But I think the biggest factor for me is he's got a different coach now. Jason Taylor's gone. Um, Andrew Webster seems like a bit more of a, a straight shooter, far less likely to pull all the ducks and drakes that we know Jason Taylor loves to pull with his um, yep. his late team changes and his, his clever team list adjustments. Um, I feel like if Jamal is named to start by Andrew Webster, then he's actually going to start. Um, I guess we don't really know until we get a proper look at how Andrew Webster likes to run things and you know, we're talking about Ivan Cleary as the coach by this time next week. But yeah, Jamal, if he's in your 25, then I'd probably not rush him into the, the playing 17, but he has to start making coin at some yeah. point. Like just being out there for 80 minutes, he'll make enough runs and tackles. And, and the Tigers are in a bit of a nothing to lose situation for yeah. us this year. So they may as well see what they can get out of players like Idris. They need something. Like Cheekham's a good player, but he's a back rower. Um, I think they need some potential Idris-like spark. You know, they've lost Luke Brooks as well. They just they need something. Talking about spark and needing spark, let's get into the flops. And Roger Tuvasa-Shek was on minus five at one point in that game. Scored yeah. 20. He's in over 40,000 NRL fantasy teams. So chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, he's in your team. <laughs> uh, but has his scores been that bad? I mean, he was concussed in round two, which affected his scores. He missed round three. Is it time to panic on Roger just yet? Don't panic. I think he scored, has he got a 55? 40, 49, I think. Okay, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so. That was in round one, and then he got concussed in round two, and so he's been perceived to yeah. be losing money since that point. Don't, and the Warriors haven't been setting the world on fire yeah, either. that's probably the biggest issue, I guess, how bad the Warriors have been. But as we've said, they should theoretically improve with four in there. But, yeah, two of us are a former gun um, when he was at the Roosters, I still think he made a lot of run meters on the weekend. He just didn't make many tackle breaks. A lot had of missed tackles and few so missed tackles, well. yeah. Um, so he could easily, no matter what the type of game is, hit a 40 or a 50 on any mm. given week. I mean, for me, 49 in round one without really doing a lot. There were no yeah. sort of 100-meter tries or a bag of 15 tackle busts or anything. Round two, concussed early, had to go off. That's just a write-off. Round three, didn't play for the same concussion, so we're not counting that. Round four was just a really bad game against the Bulldogs, uh, missed a lot of tackles. I don't think that's going to be indicative of his season going forward. So we've only really had round one as a, a fair look on what I think we're going to expect yeah. from him. Well, round one and round four is his only yeah. full And fullbacks in general, I mean, bar maybe Tedesco, aren't going to be consistent week to week. It's just impossible to get mm. half a dozen tackle breaks every week and you know attacking points and things. So, yeah, just going to put up with the the bad and take the good, I think, with players like him. I think he's still well underpriced for what he's probably going to produce for the rest of the season. It's yeah. a long season. I can't fathom selling him at this point. All right. One of the surprises, Jesse Bromwich scored 25. Is it mm. time to panic on him? Obviously, he had that finger issue and then Sam Thido tried to readjust his hand as well at one <laughs> point. But 25, that just seems like a low output for someone who we consider one of the best props in the game, if not the best prop in the game. Yeah, that was bad. I um, I started the season with him because he was a little bit quiet for long stretches last year and I thought he could, you know, with, you know, Torhu Harris missing the start of the season and Kevin Proctor going, I thought he's, you know, he's really timed to be that, that leader of that pack. Um, I sold him after round one, which seemed a little bit hasty to me at the time, but I'm now relieved that I did given his output since. Um, if you've held him, he's now lost, what is it, sort of 90, 100 grand thereabouts um he's still got a high break even but if you're selling him now you're basically selling a guy who's been a keeper in the past who's probably close to bottoming out 
Yeah. I'd almost be looking at buying him in the next three or four weeks if he starts it's to It's a tricky one. Yeah. So in the past, has he averaged around 50 points? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is which is a keeper. So um, it's a really tricky situation to be in now, as you, as you said. Like Jordan McLean comes back into the team, we should mention as well, which I don't know how that should affect Bromwich's scores, but it might with Welch going back to the bench. But for some, for whatever reason, he's not pumping out scores, despite Melbourne starting the year 4-0. Yeah, the, the one reason why you would sell him, even though you're going to lose money, is that if you don't think he's going to be a keeper. He's not going to, yeah. And he's not going to be a Fafita-style 55-point, 60-point player, it, it looks like at this point anyway. Mm. Um, he wasn't that last year. The big jump that you would have hoped for hasn't happened. So there's, there's good reasons to jump off board if you want to get someone better in later on or now mm. if you can afford it. I guess the... If you've got Jesse Bromwich still, you're probably looking at guys who aren't in your team like Paul Vaughan and Jared Wallace and just thinking, why don't I have one of these guys instead of yeah. Jesse Bromwich? This round's player in focus. All right, let's go to our player in focus now. Uh, you wanted to mention Bodine Thompson. He's lost $107,000 uh, courtesy of averaging 32 so far this year. So we've got a theme with the Warriors uh, this week. But... Has he bottomed out? His last couple of scores have been 40 and 51. His break-even's about that 50 mark, and he has been a gun in years past. Dom, let's start with you. You wanted to t- talk about Bernie Thompson, focus in on him. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, so he has been a gun in the past. He's always been a bit overshadowed by the fact that Simon Mannering plays next to him in the Warriors, and everyone in fantasy buys Mannering, and most people then don't buy um, Bodine Thompson. So he's always had a pretty low uh, percentage of fantasy teams that own him, and yet he scores mm. last year, the year before, 55 points a game, definite keeper you know, scores. So, um, And right now, he's, as you said, dropped more than 100,000. He had a foot or ankle injury at the start of the year, um, so played limited minutes for the first couple of weeks. I think he played less than 40 in the first week. 50-odd in the second. I mm. actually wrote it down. It was 37 minutes, then 53, then 67, up yeah. to 80 on the weekend. 80 so. on the weekend, yeah. So he's usually an 80-minute player. Mm. Um, and then on the weekend, the key stat is he's made 50 tackles, I think, yeah. on the dot. So any player who can do that is going to score, you would think, at least 50 points a game. Um, he can get the odd try, which can mm. get those monster scores, 70 or 80. Um, and for about 400k... He's very good value now. So very similar to what we were talking about Whitehead last week. Um, not quite as cheap, but probably more likely even to be a 50 points mm. player. I, he's definitely on my trading target uh, list this week. I, I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to get him. 50 tackles um, in a, a really bad team performance in 80 minutes is very encouraging. I can see him playing 80 minutes from here on in. His break-even is, I think, 50 bang on. Um, so he's, he's definitely bottomed out. He's not going to get, you wouldn't think, any cheaper than that. Um, no attacking stats on the weekend, but he's good for, what do we reckon, about half a dozen tries a year, hitting yep. holes on that yep. that edge, running off Sean Johnson. The Warriors, hot and cold, they're going to come good at some They've point. got to turn it around soon. And Let's not put miracle boots on Kieran Foran, but hopefully he's right to play and all of a sudden they've got the Kiwi spine there. You think that's got to turn around and he should benefit I from think, that. I think, though, with a player like Thompson, the Warriors are almost perfect fit for his fantasy scoring in that they lose a lot of games, so he makes a lot of tackles because they're defending, but they also score a lot of points once in a while and then he can cash in that way. So, um, 
Yeah, I think even if they stay exactly as they are, he can yeah. easily score 55 points a game. Like you say, he's good either way. If they're terrible, then he makes 50 tackles like he did yeah. on the weekend and still gets you a half century. And if they're good, he'll hit a hole on the edge and score a try and get a line break, and he might only make 25 tackles, but he's got 30 points in attacking stats. Yeah. So I don't think he's, again, he's not a must-buy because his break-even's right on what we think his mm. average is going to be. So It's probably not urgent, yeah. Yeah, so you can get him next week probably for about the same price, but um, certainly looks a good buy at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Fun questions from the hashtag, yeah. All right, time for the Q&A section. If you've got a question for us, you can get involved using the hashtag NRL Fantasy. And boys, let's do it golden point. Let's do it sharp, quick, to the Hmm. point. Let's get through them. There's a lot here. NRL Fantasy Nerd, at NRL Nerd. Do you think it's time for Moga, maybe trade him to Copley? Do you think that's a good trade? And his second question, LG, hold on a week or trade him out this week? Uh, The first one, uh, Moga out makes sense. I'm not sure if Copley in makes sense. He got 50 on the weekend. With two tries. two tries, yeah. yeah. So you can't bank on that. He's average, what, 20s, 21 in the past? Yeah. No. Maybe look at someone else. No even, way. I don't know, even a Billy Slater, I think, is a more reliable yeah. kind of scorer. Definitely. Um, sorry, part two, what was the... LG. LG. Uh, yeah, hold. He's got a... He's 19 again. Yeah, exactly. He's and making he- very slow money, but if he can get a try or something, he'll get... A decent score, and that will boost him for a few weeks. He feels a great trading option, maybe, but I can't really see unless you're going to upgrade him to a gun. I, yeah, hold not worry. We might need to get a buzzer for this section. Uh, Mark Dinker wants to know: Is Clamour an immediate trade out? I I don't know about an urgent trade out. Yeah, he's not really hitting the heights we thought he might. Moving back to to lock forward, he's been very underwhelming. Just with the amount of other forwards, I wouldn't be against selling him, but yeah, certainly not urgent. I agree. One of our regulars, David Beck, at Loves NRL, great Twitter handle. Uh, are there any front or second row cash cows on the horizon? I think we've all talked on the one uh, for that. And he wants to go Ken Brom to Podine, P-O-D being point of difference, mm. I'm guessing. Very clever there. Uh, yes. Yep, like that trade. All right. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Blake Healy, too. What cheapest centres are good at the moment? He's trying to get rid of Talakai or Moga. I agree with Moga. Talakai is back in the team. Shouldn't trade hold, him out. Hold is an absolute hold, um, and I don't really see any massive cheapies emerging from the the crop that we had two weeks ago. Even like none of them have really kicked on either. So I'd just be sort of sitting tight, probably. Okay, Jonathan Green asks uh, Corey Harawira Naira. Got it right that time. Is he the buy <laughs> of the week? <laughs> oh, from what's out there, he's probably the best buy of the week. Other than like your, your Bodines at the cheap end, he's probably the most appealing of what's there. Yeah, him and Bodine Thompson, I would say. All right, Matt Tuxi, 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 Tuxi on Twitter wants to know, how does the break-even even work? Dom, mm-hmm. let's give it to you. What does break-even mean? We talk about it a lot and yeah. probably worth mentioning just what we're actually talking sure. about there. Sure, I've no idea how it works, but the basic <laughs> gist is uh, it's a guesstimate of what score a player has to hit that week to hold his price exactly as it is. So if a player has a break-even of 50, if he scores more than 50, his price will go up. If he scores less than mm-hmm. 50, his price will go down. The price is based on their average score across the season with an emphasis on their last five games, which we call their rolling average. So a high score five weeks ago will drop out um, in the coming round and that will influence their break-even. Basically, it's um, it's a, a reflection of what their fair price is based on their scores. So a low break-even means they're underpriced and a high break-even means they're overpriced. If you get Fantasy Coach, you can see everyone's break-even. It's the main exactly. reason to get it's Fantasy Coach. dollars you'll ever spend. <laughs> so if someone like the Panthers, Corey Harawira, Naira, He's got a minus 27 break-even. So even if he scores one point this week, his price is going to go up a lot. He can score minus five this week and still go up in price, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, perfect. And the last one from Heath Cram wants to know, and this is a really weird one, is, is Hingana an okay option uh, given that we don't know what Foran's doing? He's just obviously looking for a cheap price half at the moment. He's trying to basically upgrade Braley and he's trying to make money somewhere else yeah. with still having a player that might play. Yeah, a lot of people are desperate to, to trade in a cheap half, but there just aren't really any good options at the moment. People are, people are getting Jay Field and hoping for the best. He's in 33% of teams, so chances are he's in one of three teams. Yeah, he was at the start of the year's, year as well, and it just never really happened. So, Ngana's not even in the 21, is he? I'm not sure this week. I think Lola here and Mason Lee oh, are okay, in the yeah. reserves. I don't think Hingano's even in the 21. Yeah, I don't think he's a great He's buy. an absolute sell. He's certainly not a buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you'd probably have to wait and see for another um, cash cow half to pop up. Yeah. If Boy, anything, upgrade. Boys, another big week of footy coming up. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we sign out? I'd probably going to start need to pull the handbrake on all these panic trades, given a few dud cows like Robert Jennings and Brad Abbey have found their way into my 25. So I'd yeah. probably imagine a few people are in this. I think that's position. a good point. If you don't have any obvious trades to make, don't trade. It's an option to not make two <laughs> trades every week. You can forget about that, but yeah. I they're, like the idea They're pretty making, important at the end of the season, yeah, those exactly. trades. Two a week in the first maybe three rounds just to sort of balance your team out and get the, the good cows you missed is good. But coming into where we are now, I think it's time to start pulling the reins a little bit. Having said that, I'm making two trades but from, the, <laughs> from the week after. I think it's time to slow down. All right, that's a wrap for this week's NRL Fantasy Podcast. If you've listened this far, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out. If you want to follow us, you can follow me at andrewbryan321, at dom underscore brock, and at ckennedy80. If you have a question, use the hashtag NRLFantasy. Uh, for all your latest news, go to nrl.com. Enjoy your footy. There's a lot of good footy coming up. It's a hard round to tip again, and that's it from us. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com Fantasy Podcast.